Hello, 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 everybody. It's another Magic Monday with Common Sense Uncensored. And of course, you can go to gfbestsource.com, click listen now. It's live to chat. Click the Twitch link in the upper left center or upper left corner. And we are, as always, always available on Rumble. And we are going to have a very good show today because we are going to be talking about parental rights, especially father's parental rights. And we have a gentleman with us today. Mr. Derek Sherwood. Derek, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me on here. After I butchered your name. And uh, Derek is going to come to us with one hell of a story that unfortunately I would like to tell you is not uncommon. Uh, I, uh, in listening to Derek and then looking over his court cases and stuff, I have discovered that there's a lot of commonality with a lot of dads, including several of the gentlemen that I, I would taught over my 20 years who were dads who, throughout a divorce, came out a little on the, uh, shall we say, short end of the legal system. So, Derek, if you could give us a quick rundown of to your trials and tribulations. Well, to kind of make a long story short here, basically, uh, the district court here in Grand Forks um, has provided a significant injustice in this case where... Sorry. That's not me doing it. I was, try- I was just trying to turn up my headphones. My bad. <laughs> so, so that was terrible. It wasn't me. That was terrible. It I apologize. It wasn't me. This time it wasn't me. So, okay. Sorry about that, Derek. Let's Anyways. try that again. <laughs> Told you we were going to have fun here today. <laughs> that was awful. I am so sorry. <laughs> so the, the, uh, specifically the district court here in Grand Forks, getting, getting back to that, where, where they, they have completely watched this case on more levels than anything that I've ever seen. I mean, I've seen a lot, but I've never experienced anything like this. And, and the way the courts have treated this case and the way this case has been handled by the courts, uh, I, I, this is, that's kind of why I'm here today to discuss that and, and how, how we can get the word out about this story and help other people because I'm not doing this for me anymore. I'm doing this for the next guy. Now, I would just want to tell you that that is is the reason why this show is so impactful, not just for, for you, but for a lot of people, because I happen to know a lot of gentlemen who are in the same boat, and the justice system is misnamed. Yep. And there's a lot of things that are going wrong for a lot of people. And um, just to give some people some really quick statistics here, uh, in the U.S., 85% of youth in prison come from fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. And according to the 2023 census, in case you all think I'm crazy, one in every six custodial parents were fathers. So in other words, only 17.5% when they're granted custody are dads. Uh, so if, if people start talking to you and telling you that you don't have a problem if you're a guy and you're getting divorced, I can tell you automatically you are not. Now, I'd like to ask you specifically some questions regarding what are some of the things sure. that the district court did wrong. I know that we have an issue with visitation, guns, child support, uh, 50-50, and everything else. So what was probably to you the most egregious thing that occurred? Uh, well, uh, I know it's, hard, it's quite, it's quite down, a list. Really. And, you know, just like I, I, I accidentally hit that button, this is no laughing matter. Yeah, this is not because basically what, what we have here is basically uh, Judge Jason McCarthy in the interim divorce hearing. And, and, and for, for everybody who doesn't know what the interim is, it's kind of like the, the pre-agreement and it's, it's not final. There's a lot more that, that, that 
has to happen afterwards. But specifically in this case, he allowed my children to relocate to the state of New York, making a permanent decision on something that should have never been final. Now, you guys weren't even divorced yet. Technically, no. So your wife just got a, decided she was going to get up and take the kids and move, and Correct. you were left sitting there with nothing. Correct. Uh, under, uh, basically, yeah, that's what she did, is basically packed them up, and, and you know, they, they never really had it. I never really had a chance to, to get to, to fight that battle because as soon as I walked into the court, we had a very solid case uh, with evidence against her saying that, that this equal, and we were fighting for 50-50, you know, the every other weekend thing, thing and uh, uh, Judge McCarthy basically came out and picked up her counterclaim, read it to the letter, and that's how it worked out. Now, let me just state, had this occurred in reverse of gender, had you packed up those kids and moved them hundreds of miles, thousands of miles away, I do believe there would have been a different outcome in the response. I do, uh, because specifically in North Dakota, uh, you, you're really not allowed to relocate un- without actually getting a court approval uh, during the interim. And if you start really digging into the divorce and custody laws, really that shouldn't be authorized until the final divorce anyways. Well, in my opinion, um, you had your children kidnapped. Uh, I, I believe so, yes. And then your children are had, held hostage, and pretty much the court system said, yeah, we're good with that. Correct. Uh, and it, you know, I, and the, the thing that's crazy about, about the courts is, is an interim is not appealable. Like uh, the Supreme Court has ruled that interim hearings are not appealable by any means, and and that that's where the problem lies on this. This is this is just insane. Now, besides all of this, um, I understand that you you also had an issue with a protection order and stuff that resulted in some other residual issues. Um, so, uh, within this case, I also had a, a protection order, specifically a domestic violence protection order. Put against me based on uh, false al- accusations, like very false accusations with evidence to back that. And uh, that has been continued to be held, and that was under uh, Judge Romanic in this case, um, where we have filed multiple petitions and everything that has needed to, to do to try to get this thing released and get this thing thrown out with court law or case law evidence and nothing and then the last round where which kind of brings us to where we're at today on this is uh we filed another action uh, a motion to vacate because in the may 8th hearing i was actually awarded my firearms back but it could not be executed pursuant to 18 usc 922 g8 is what they cited so um, i filed another action uh to basically say hey your judgment can't be executed and then I got uh, got hit with uh, attorney fees and saying that that action was frivolous and it's not a uh, not really uh, uh, it, and now it's on appeal at the Supreme Court. So just to clarify for certain people, um, your wife did a domestic abuse thing, yep. got a protection order. Correct. You were never convicted of any of that. I was never convicted of domestic violence. And you still had your guns removed. Still had my guns removed. That's correct. And they're actually still being held by the Grand Forks County Sheriff's at this point. Yeah. Okay. Pardon me, but that's BS. Yep. Uh, yeah, you know, I know I'm, I'm probably old, which I'll be the first one to acknowledge, but I love guilty until proven innocent at this point in our, in our, in our life here has, yep. has been twisted. I mean, you, you 
you have no reason to have had any of this occur. None, not at all. Um, and specifically, if you look at, at how this case is handled, if you go and get into NDCC uh, uh, 1407.102, uh, which we are actually challenging the constitutionality of this law in the Supreme Court, we are, it, it's, it, it's very, very vague. And, and there's a lot of case law regarding vague laws because really what this can, law can do is put you in what they call a suspect classification without, exactly. without a civil, without a conviction and trial by jury. And that's the biggest problem with this law. Law is anybody can go into the court under a civil domestic violence accusation, get a protection order put on you, and you can have, have it held against you. So with this specific portion and because of, of uh, uh, 922 G8 you we have a major conflict with the Constitution yes uh, you know and, and also not on, not only your Second Amendment rights but also your right to trial by jury and your, and your right to an attorney because under civil law you are not necessarily afforded to that right unless you can pay for it well, and the problem I have with this is we just did pass legislation um, in North Dakota saying that there were no red flag laws. What you have just described to me is a red flag law. Right, and if you dig deeper in, into that, uh, there, there's actually another law uh, that, that I've cited in some of my cases, which is uh, 62, let's see if I can find it here, um, it's NDCC 62-01, um, I'm sorry, I can't quite find That's it right okay. now. But, um, it's 62. It's in, under North Dakota Century Code, Chapter 62, which actually states that, that they can take your guns for a felony, for uh, Class A misdemeanor, and a uh, and and actually, if you get committed to a mental institution, so we do have red flags laws in the state. Well, see, and that's the thing that when I was sitting back watching watching our legislature do their political dance, which is basically we we speak a good game. And then when you actually dig into the right. law, you realize that they've lied through their teeth. Yep. That I took a look at your case, and I went, this man's been red flagged. Supposedly, we don't have any, but it looks to me like through the judicial system, damn right, right. we do. Correct. And, and, and the bigger problem is North Dakota does have red flag. It's based, based off that, that Chapter 62 law. Uh, the, the, the actual major issue which is being fought in the supreme court right now is the uh the 922 g8 um, that law is actually specifically in the supreme court with the united states v rahimi right now uh which was ruled in the fifth circuit prior to this as no you can't as unconstitutional in the fifth circuit that's the problem here is i can't apply that case because it's the fifth circuit so that makes it non-binding because it's not the eighth circuit which is here in north dakota well, right now I can tell you what crime you did commit. You're male. Wouldn't disagree with that. Well, um, and I, I mean, I'm sorry, and, and I know there's probably ladies out there that are currently, you know, throwing pitchforks at, at, at uh, their computers, but I'm sorry. That is about the only crime that I can see that you Correct. actually have committed at this point in this entire divorce is that you are male. Now, there's something else. Did you not ask and try to appeal for 50-50? I did. Uh, well, I, I was all over trying to get 50-50 the whole time, but uh, with the way the case was going down and the way the judges were constantly ruling against me, uh, I had to start making choices about what I was going to save at that point, you know, and, and, and I, you know, it, it, there was so much that was already taken and what was going to be taken. Uh, for example, uh, 50% of my retirement, $26,000 under my 401k, 
uh, the whole entire joint account at the time, which had 26000 in it. Uh, they were trying to get half the value of the house. Luckily, I was able to save that. Uh, the camper I got was on, was in play. Uh, luckily, I was able to save that, too, which is a little weird. But even the fight for the custody, we, we didn't have a chance. Like, just the way they were constantly ruling, they they had the, the judges in this case were just, nope, it's all about her. See, and that's the thing that, that, that has always bothered me so much because I dealt with this a lot with my, my male students and stuff. And it's not that I didn't have any female students going through divorces. I did. But what I saw when I'm looking at 20 years of dealing with, with this on both sides of the, of, uh, of the uh, basically judicial framework was that the courts were loaded for the woman. Correct. And I hate to break it to everybody, but the fact that you have a uterus does not make you a good mother. And the fact that you're a male does not make you a bad father. Right. It also doesn't necessarily make you a violent individual because I have to tell you, I have seen plenty of females that are extremely violent. I've, and the guys basically were injured worse than the females just from trying to hold off the woman and try not to hurt her. And guess who ended up in the tank for domestic violence? It was not the female. And I have to tell you, as a strong individual female, that pisses me off because this is not the way ju- ju- justice right. is supposed to be working. You know, one of the things, too, that, uh, you know, like... Uh, they won't even allow you to have 50-50 the courts I, because they try to say that um, the kid has to have one household that is home. Otherwise, it's confusing for the kid to be able to have, like, two homes. So they have to have, establish one particular one and, and always goes to usually, the, you know, the female. It does. Um, but, you know, I mean, if you have uh, a child and they can't have this 50-50 split because the courts are saying, no, it would be confusing for the kid. Well, then all of a sudden, you know, 10 years down the road, the kid is with uh, another family, and then all of a sudden they're going through a divorce, and now this kid has, you know, uh, other siblings and uh, a stepfather that is now going to be maybe, uh, you know, like, I don't even know what you'd classify it as because if they're divorced... You know, the kid grew up with his father and now to not have, it's really hard to kind of explain, but now to not have that 50-50 split, I mean, what's more confusing for the kid? You know, why why wouldn't you be able to just say, you know, 50% of the time, you know, the kid is at my house and 50% of the time it's at your house, but the courts won't allow it. Well, the courts won't allow it because there's a lot of people that have an investment involved in making sure that these divorces and everything else go the way they are. We're going to take a quick break with Executive Properties, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to show you a little three-minute video that's going to explain exactly what I just said. Take it away! Putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever, do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. And Executive Properties also does garage door repairs and replacements. Can we now go to that video? One sec. All right. 
federal programs that were instituted in, in the late 1970s that pay states trillions of dollars to tear families apart. Like in Texas, we get 66 cents on the dollar put into the Texas Treasury for every dollar of child support that's paid. So the state is now highly incentivized to issue the maximum amount of child support. Almost all divorces got 50-50 prior to the, the 1980s, and there was this skyrocketing of divorces where one parent loses custody, and that was to maximize Title IV-D reimbursements to the states. The state is profiting off of child support? Correct. And in most states, the Judicial Retirement Fund is funded from this money. So the more child support that's issued from the family courts, the larger the judicial retirement. It's, and it's a massive program. It's the size of the largest defense programs. So the incentives are absolutely huge. Even married people, to get them to break up and then have to pay each other child support? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, because you would think the best child support would just be 50-50 custody and let people raise their kids. The best child support is to raise your own kid. That's yeah. the best child support. But they don't do that. Most states actually have laws prohibiting the courts from doing that. Texas has a, a, has a family code in which it's assumed to be in the child's best interest that one parent get 24% of the time. And the reason 24% was chosen, precisely, is it maximizes Title IV-D reimbursement to the state at 24%. So there are, there are fathers out there with 49% of the time that are paying maximal child support. I have a friend of mine, him and his wife came to an agreement to do 50-50 parenting, no child support, because he watches the kids a lot while she travels for her work. And so it's all it all worked out, and they decided it's just better to do it this way. The state of Texas sent an attorney to argue in the case that they should not be allowed to do 50-50 custody. I, I read a story about uh, some celebrity guy who had to pay massive child support, mm -hmm. and then he and the wife both went to the court together yeah. as friends and said, hey, he's no longer working and doesn't have this money anymore, so we, we both agree it should be lower, and the court said right. no. They won't do it. Because they get, they get a cut. They notice. get a huge kickback, yeah. Title IV-E pays the states to adopt out orphans. A whenever CPS takes a child from, mm -hmm. from someone and then adopts them into a good family, they get Title IV-E reimbursement funds, and it's a lot of money. It's like 50 k per child. The state gets that money? Yes, it goes into the state budget. And where does it come from? Federal government. Interesting. Yep. Massive incentives uh, to split up families. So now you have the majority of children in America are being raised in fatherless homes. It's, it just, we well, passed 50%. It, uh, it sure does seem like there is a system in place, whether intentional or not, to yeah. reduce the population. But also to reduce the political power of the middle class. Right? If you've, you've been to Europe, most of you have been to Europe, I've been to Asia a lot as well. Nobody cares about free speech there. Yeah. Nobody cares about gun rights there. There's one place in the world where people care about free speech and gun rights, and that's the American middle class. And so, so this is a, a, what exactly what I was saying, is, but they just use different verbiage by saying it's confusing for the kid to have 50-50 split. That's why they do. he's talking about that 24% time. Yeah. Which is total nonsense, and you know, and, and clearly that video describes why they're doing it. But this exactly is what I was getting at. Is there's, I always tell everybody when you see something and you can't figure it out, follow the money, because there. What I'm looking at is I'm looking at a judicial and a legislative reason why they're trying to break up families while they're using dads as the heavies, uh, because dads tend to at this just this point. If I take a look at this again, this is the percentage. The proportion of custodial mothers with income below poverty is 31.2 percent, much higher than that of again custodial fathers who are very little at 17.4 percent. They are setting women up to be dependent upon the state. They are setting the kids up to be dependent. 
dependent upon the state. They are expanding this huge bureaucratic system based upon, in my opinion, the destruction of the family. And you, Derek, are stuck right in the middle. Yeah, and uh, based off that video, I wish 24% was the case in my case here uh, because – you know, the, yes, if you probably break it down, it may be close to that. But the actual time I get to see the kids is significantly less than that because uh, uh, just because of the distance that they live now. Uh, yes, I am allowed to go travel to New York uh, every weekend for once a month uh, that, <laughs> or once one week in a month, which is not feasible by any means. No. Uh, and I think uh, I think the calculation in this case is probably about 11 percent of the year I get to see them. You know, another thing, too, that I was going to point out about this uh, 50-50 thing, you know, if you have a couple that are friends and they're getting along and they, you know, they just decide, like, we don't even need to go to the courts. We're not going to do child support. You know, we'll just have 50-50. We'll, you know, drop them off. Everything is good. The minute that the the state finds out that they're not paying child support, they're going to hit, usually I would say the father, with saying okay the kid's 15 years old so for 15 years you had an income of whatever so let's say you were supposed to be paying 800 dollars a month in child support so now you got 800 times 12 times 15 years because they want their tax money and they hit them and say you owe us you know three hundred thousand dollars and the parents are totally they were totally fine but the minute that they find out or if that mother decides like, hey, you know what? I probably could have just been getting child support this whole time. And they get all that back pay. It's BS. Well, but see, that's the purpose of the government at this point in the judicial system is to cause this kind of stress and actually destruction of the family so that they can, again, profit from it. And it's blatant. And the, the thing that I, I can't grasp is the fact that the kids are the ones that are suffering. And you know, because all, all I've ever heard... And it, it, everything is, it's for the children. And what we appear hell-bent on doing is making sure that we have some really, really screwed-up kids, thank you to the government. Yes, ma'am, absolutely. And, and you know, I mean, the, the one thing that maybe we actually need to start doing for the kids is start pushing these shared parenting initiatives because with this case specifically, uh, you cannot, in the interim, take the kids out of the house like that, let them... You know, put the father under supervised visitations, expect him to go to drive 1,500 miles or whatever it is is to, to get to see his kids because it's just not feasible. It's well, not. I have a question. Why is it on you because you have weekend visitation to haul butt to New York? Why isn't it on her because she's the one who moved to haul him back? Yeah, and, and that would be a great thing. I mean, there is, there is one provision in this where, where like, for the longer visits, we, we do meet halfway. But the to all the rest of them, I got to go to New York for it. And I I wish I had a good answer for you on that, because it it shouldn't. I mean, the the answer is, is it should have never happened. Well, that's my point. But 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 the fact that it happened and then the entire burden, the child support, the dot, the dot, it's all on you. And no offense, but it took two people to make these kids and it takes two people to support these kids. But it doesn't seem like it's, it's, it's like the scales are like this and I'm really getting damn tired of it. I know you're even worse. Oh yeah, absolutely. And really, really the thing that I've, I've kind of noticed about child support. And I think I said this like many years ago, like when I, when I watched, watched some family members going through a divorce 
it, the, the child support nowadays is being used as basically like a backdoor alimony. Same thing, same thing with uh, uh, how they handle uh, retirements and stuff like that. It's, you know, because courts, really, you don't see alimony too often. But now we're looking at, at it specifically in this case, like when, where my kids will be here part of the summer, which should be the full summer, but uh, part of the summer, summer where I'm still paying child support. Yeah, while they're here, that what doesn't make any sense because I, now I have to. I'm still paying child support, but I got to support them while they're here. Here, if if there's a logical explanation to that, it, it doesn't make sense because what that becomes at this point is child support becomes an income source to the mother, and that is exactly what, or even just a fun money at that point. Because if 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 it's my personal opinion on this, every bit of that child support needs to go to the kids. I have no problem paying child support to support my kids, but that money needs to go into a trust fund so I can monitor. The problem with North Dakota and most every other other state is they don't allow you to even see where that money goes. Yes, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't agree more. I, I got a huge problem with that. I couldn't agree more, and I've I've thought about this too um, because there should actually be like only so many things that you'd be able to buy with child support. Like, I mean, I'm not saying like EBT or something along those lines, but you know. I think that child support should just be a fixed rate. It doesn't matter what your income is. Just because you're a multimillionaire doesn't mean that the, you know, the ex-wife or whatever should be getting a crap ton more money because you're successful in life. I mean, I worked uh, as a car salesman for a brief period of time, and this lady came in and she was it was blatantly obvious. She came in with her new boyfriend and got him a brand new pickup and said and I, you know when you're looking at uh, it was like an $800 a month payment. I was like, well, what's your income? She said, child support. So you're buying your new boyfriend a pickup off right. of your child support? I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. The, the money should only be allowed for, you know, clothing, food, that kind of stuff. It's, it you know, I think that there should be a, a track to it, like you're saying, to be able to figure out where that money is actually going. And, and the fact that there's no accountability in, in the courts, even if even if there was, I, I really kind of lost a lot of faith in the courts to be with, that they would enforce it anyways. But the, the fact that there's there's no accountability where the child support actually goes. I mean, because you, you could speculate just by watching, you know, watching what happens and how the other side starts, you know, taking little vacations that they've never ta- never taken before. They've, they're they're getting new things that they've never had or or, or they're going out to dinner more even. You know, just just little things like that where where it's like, okay, where's my money really going? But I'm not allowed to question that at all. Yeah, I mean, is it going to bags of weed? Well, in some cases, yes. In some cases, yes. In some cases, yes, it is because uh, because I've I've seen instances of that. The thing that that I am so frustrated about is that, again, we're looking at it's for the children and it should be approximately 18,395,000 in the U.S. live without a biological father, stepfather or adoptive father present in the home. And it's been very, very apparent when I say 63 percent of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. Dads are important. Dads are necessary. They're a vital link. And I don't care how many times I've heard Gloria Steinem's a, a woman needs a man like a like you know a fish needs a bicycle. I got to tell you, kids need a dad. I'm sorry. Get pissed at me if you want to, but kids need a dad. And, and I and I think think maybe maybe even to expand on that is the kids also want their dad. Like I, I do believe that that, that the kids 
they, they don't want to lose either parent. Like, you no. know, and, and, you know, divorces happen. And, and you know what, and specifically in my case, I'll tell you, it's a lot better that I'm not in this. I mean, I think I actually stated this when I was on the stand is my life is significantly better without her. Like, it, it's great. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm a lot happier, happier, you know, and, and I'm probably being a better father for that, you know, but the, you know, the kids specifically mine, you know, like, you, you know, nobody's ever like, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who've had to stand there and watch their kids just, just cry when they're waving out the window to, you know, seeing their dads, dads go away because dad can't be there because or dad can't be around mom, you know, and, and it's because of what the courts are doing and allowing this and not allowing these 50 fifties. And, and, you know, specifically like all these States that don't have shared parenting laws and use these things they call the best interest factors, which I have a huge issue with, with they are, it, it's, it, it's just they're, they're they're sending these kids down a path of either hating one parent or or doing so much more than and you know going into your 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 sixty three percent of child suicides like all that stuff does play into it you know well and here's a, another one sixty nine percent of people that were surveyed believe that having a father in the home is essential to a child's happiness correct I mean. And I, I agree. There, there are times you need to get divorced. I wouldn't force anybody to stay together because that, that's wrong, too. But the, the shared parenting initiative needs to happen. I'm going to do a real quick profit margin break here for Churchill Shoes. Take it away. Sass Dealers in the Upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand Cities Mall. Okay, we're back. And, you know, the question I'd like to ask you is I know you're filing an appeal. What is the appeal basically is, is about just the, the guns or are you, are you pretty much SOL with the 50-50 and stuff? Not or? yet. We're, we're, not done, we're not done fighting that child, child battle yet. That, that's uh, going to be an ongoing thing. Uh, you know, there's still more going on, that, on in that case. This, the, so the, the protection order appeal is, is specifically a, a separate issue that we have going on here with this. Uh, based off of, of what, how poorly the courts have, have gotten this uh, it, because, because of, of the evidence that's been presented in this case and, and also some of the things that, that have been stated by the judges and how uh, and go, getting into ND14-07.102G uh, uh, is, is unconstitutional. So our, um, well, our appeal is the, the district court erred by disposing of the appellant's motion to vacate uh, domestic violence protection order. The district court's application of immediate and present danger is incorrect pursuant to the ruling in North Dakota v. Castleman and uh, Code of Federal, 24 Code of Federal Regulations Section 5.2003. The district court erred in awarding attorney fees for frivolous action and in accordance with the North Dakota Century Code 28-2601. District Court failed to address all actions of the motion, including a ruling on the constitutional application of NDCC 14-07.102G uh, and North Dakota Century Code 
is uh, 14-07-102G is unconstitutional. Well, that's another thing I want to bring up, and that is the court costs, the legal fees, and everything else. Those are all dumped on you. Don't, did, weren't you paying her legal fees as so well? I, I, honestly, I've gotten kind of lucky with that. This is the first time I've gotten hit with that. Okay. Uh, so, so I've been pretty fortunate uh, in that, that aspect of things, and I, and I think, think uh, the, the income of, of both parties kind of played a role in that. Uh, but because it's not like it was, it was a very equal income. But this this last action I filed because it goes back to I mean we filed multiple petitions uh, because you know the, the first time it came about uh, not a whole lot because we were waiting on some information. So honestly, I exercised my Fifth Amendment, which I know everybody says that's an admission of guilt. It's not um, because we just we were waiting for more information that we didn't have at the time. So sure, probably expecting to, went in expecting to lose that one. Uh, the second petition on December 20th, uh, we, we had everything we needed that st- would have stated that uh, should have thrown this thing out, specifically contradictory statements on stand, uh, a statement, statement in the interim divorce hearing that said law enforcement got it wrong. Uh, there, and, and again, continuing on with the, the, the contradictory statements. So again, uh, when the, it, a p- part of our divorce agreement was there was a stipulation agreed to by the other side to say, yes, we're not going to object to you having your guns back. Well, we get into the May 8th, a petition was filed with the court. The judge said, yes, you can have your guns back. Okay, cool. Right? You know what? Fine. This thing expires, expires in a year. Get my guns back. I don't care. I don't want to see you anyways. You know? But then I go to call the Grand Forks County Sheriff, and they told me, no, under advice from state's attorney for Grand Forks, Haley Wamstad. We, uh, she said, no, pursuant to 922G8, it, you can't have them because there's been specific findings in this protection order that says you can't have a firearms restriction. And so, and so I start digging, and I was like, okay, talk to a few attorneys. And they said, say, well, your best bet's either to write it out or file another motion. Uh, and then because I'm you know, kind of a little bit of a fighter on things, I, I went and I filed a motion. And it got uh, completely dismissed. Uh, there was no, no acknowledgement of my constitutional challenge. Again, it, it, um, because I did it on briefs, I didn't actually stand in court arguing this one. And, you know, looking back, uh, you know, as a, as a pro se litigant on that, maybe I should have just put it in, in, in the actual system. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have mattered, but uh, I, an argument through briefs is requested. And literally uh, the, the judgment on that, the May 8th hearing, or I'm sorry, this would have been uh, the July third brief uh, order it, it specifically looked like it picked up the other side statements and say, said yep your action's frivolous we're going to deny it yeah there's rules saying that you can't have guns and we're not going to enforce what we did because if you um, i got the the uh, north dakota century code 62.10201 it, it lays the firearms a foundation of how firearms should be restricted but it also lays a foundation how firearms can be restored Okay, and that is basically the law that that allowed me is basically saying a judge says you can if a judge says you can have your guns back, you can get your guns back. But because of this, this 18 USC 922 G8 there, it it, it doesn't allow that. And and then they argue supremacy clause, which, again, it's which is irrelevant in in this case, because because, yes, you know, there's the Rahimi case, which is which is very big and is going to have a very big impact on this case, depending on how the Supreme Court rules. But uh, you know, with, with this with this case, 
attacking the even say put put this in a, a thing where where the Supreme Court actually does overturn uh, 922G8. I'm still screwed because you have North Dakota Century Code that says the same thing. Well, this this is what just slays me because it sounds to me uh, and I'm speaking directly to the state's attorney here, like we have a real bad case of you'll respect my authority and not much else and and that there was a bit of a Jones on for uh, how dare you challenge and that the judge just decided that well we can't have that and away you go you are guilty again just because you dared to stand up, how dare you? Yeah, and and that's where I think the attorney fees came in because I, you know, Mm -hmm. specifically if you compare yeah, you know, the the May eighth of this year to the brief that I, that I wrote, like there was there was a lot saying, hey hey, you guys are kind of screwing this up. Like that was kind of really the first time I, I kind of put it on the judge, uh, saying that hey this you get, this isn't right because you said I could, now I need you to execute this for yep. me for me because but and they won't and that's that's why we are we are taking this to Bismarck and we are gonna you know we're gonna fight it pretty good there. Well, I'm glad you are because I'm really sick and tired of a variety of people in in various positions, whether they're district attorneys, whether they're city council people or whatever, believing that they are the rulers of these little fiefdoms and you are going to be doing uh, what I say when I say it and respect my authority. And the justice department and system just goes completely out the window because they are in charge. And that to me is a blatant malfeasance and abuse of power. Correct. And, and, and really, really, uh, you know, the, the justice system, I guess we can call it, you know, the judges and, and, and I'm still very under, not understanding of why attorneys, especially state's attorneys have as much power and authority as they do, because that is not what they're supposed to be doing. They, their, their job is not to interpret laws. It's the courts. And I've even still got issue with that because that, that problem stems all the way back going to Marbury v. Madison, where the courts took that power. That power was never granted to them in the Constitution. They took it. Uh, Chief Justice Marshall back then, he wrote that opinion saying, yep, we have the power to review. That's our check and balance. It's not in the Constitution. But if when somebody can find it, I'd appreciate it. Well, but when your agenda is to get rid of everybody's guns and when, you're, and when your agenda is to break up the family, then it seems to me that everything's working perfectly to their satisfaction. And I'm, I'm, case, I'm looking I, at it. In this case, this, this is their satisfaction. Like This, this fits everything you know, that, that they, they would want to do on that, in that agenda that, that, that's being discussed, uh, you know, and, and, and who are the ones that, that really suffer? It's Again. the kids. It's the kids that are getting screwed on this, you know, because, because they're the ones not seeing their dad. Uh, you know, we, it's, it's very difficult to try to work out issues with the other parent because there's really no communication there. Uh, so you, you restrict communication, you can restrict anything. And then, you know, now you're talking uh, firearms rights. Well, we, we all know how that, pans out and how, why that's not good. Well, the problem I have is the fact that this is giving a lot of ammunition, not just to the government, but to the, uh, uh, the spouse in question who uh, now can just sit back and go, how can I screw with him this time? It, it, and what makes this, this even crazier about the, the, this with the, with the firearm arms, it, it wasn't that they were removed by her at first. And, and so technically that's removing my property, yes. right? And they were in a third party's home, which is fine. And especially specifically the way the situation was, I'd, I'd rather have them there, you know, uh, but 
Uh, the, the problem is, is when the judge ordered the seizure of those firearms, that means they entered into a neutral third party's home under uh, in violation of, of uh, seizure laws. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's how crazy this is getting. And, and this is why why we're staying to fight it, because now we're now we're expanding beyond what it, the, the protection wow. we're talking about, illegal seizure laws for a neutral third party. That's that's insane yeah. that you out of the, out of. The thought of protection for everyone did the responsible thing because yep. you're a responsible gun owner. You moved them away from a volatile situation. Yep. And then they took it upon themselves based only upon her word Correct. of a situation. And you'd not been convicted of anything Correct. to go into the third party's home and collect your property. Oh, hell yep. no. Yep. And that's exactly how that's how that played out. And, it, and it's, uh, you know, I mean, I. I you know, at the time, I didn't even know where they were. I, I didn't know where they were at the time. I, I, which is, which, if you start looking, uh, looking into it, the, their, the protection order laws, which is uh, North Dakota Century Code uh, fourteen, uh, yeah, fourteen oh seven. They, they, they do, it does say they can restrict. And, and you know, and in some cases, I, I, you know, that might be okay if there was an actual conviction of domestic violence. Okay, I, like even then, I'm probably a little questionable on it. But, but the problem here is there has never been a conviction of domestic violence, only in a civil adjudication without being afforded the rights of, a con- of the Constitution by having a trial by jury, the right to, be, right to an attorney, like all that, all that fun stuff that, that we're supposed to be given. But these protection order laws backdoor that and allow, allow it to be just, okay, well, he said, she said, well, we're going to side with you and – and well, you're the other guy. Sorry, you're, you're screwed. Well, the problem I have is the fact that the Justice Department, and again, I'm justices in quotes, seems to be doing the best that they can to take the rights, and especially the gun rights, Second Amendment rights, uh, away from the people that are doing the right thing legally and are, are basically a threat to no one. Yep. Yet they ignore a lot of these mass, mass shooters. They've, they've, they're watching them on Facebook. The FBI is watching them here, watching them there. And then what do they do? They do nothing. Thing. But they're going to come into a third party in this situation and make sure that you don't have your guns. This is right. this is freaking insanity. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I mean, I've, I've talked to a lot of people and I, I can't count how many times that, that that I've seen seen people say people say like, wait a minute, how can they do that? Uh, the, there's no restriction in this law of who can be restricted. And that go that starts getting into your court cases about narrow, narrowly tailoring these laws, laws, and then and specifically citing uh, uh, United States or sorry New York Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin, which was a big court case that actually kind of loosened the restrictions, overturning uh, Washington D.C. v. Heller. Uh, the, it, now they have to show a, a, it's the government's burden now to show a historical it restriction in firearms. So, so this they're going to have a tough time with the, this one when we bring this to court because if somebody can find me a historical restriction to somebody who is does not have a felony on their record, then by all means let, let let's see it. Um, let's see let's see if there's uh, a restriction for somebody who's been civilly convicted. Like I, I I'm failing to find it. Well, I got to tell you, what's really frustrating to me is the fact that we have people that know the law, which you obviously do, can cite the law, can show uh, where malfeasance is taking place and everybody's allowed to just ignore it and, and just go, well, if we don't pay attention to it, he'll go away. I'm glad you're not going away. The one thing I do want to take a look at is, is some of the other expend- expenditures. Your, your children are seven and four, correct? Correct. Okay, so what you've got, you've got child support, you've got, you've got travel expenses and everything else. What about, what about things like, um, childcare and stuff? How much do you get? Do you, is that 50, well, 50 or no, what? Well, I mean, it's, it's oh, luckily, luckily in this case, uh, childcare care was ruled that whoever's, uh, 
the care is whoever in care they are if they need child care uh you know that that that's the person who pays for it I, i'm very fortunate uh you know because as i have moved on with my life and and, and i got a got a great girl right now and she's been able to, to help me a lot with that you know so so it was very very good good to have that so that actually helped me with not uh you know uh you know putting you know having to pay for child care but but i mean you got the thing thing with child support and child care is they don't care about they, they don't even take into consideration your other debts that right. you had so figure you're losing half your income and another quarter of it they're still expecting you to pay for everything uh, so so house has still got to be paid for electric uh, all the other utilities uh, if you got a vehicle payment which again i'm very fortunate how i set my money up prior to all this because somehow i'm still able to stand here and fight this stuff and not be completely bankrupt like i've seen oh other yeah fathers for you know because oh. uh, they just get everything uh you know but uh, you know so but all those still have to be paid for so like i said i've, I've you know i'm very uh very thankful for how my past decisions, even though, yes, my bank account is definitely not as big as it used to be, but it is, I still have enough to continue to fight this, uh, you know, and, and I'm going to fight it all the way, uh, as far as I can take it until they, until, well, I mean, I guess the Supreme court, if that's where it's got to go. Good. Yep. You know, and, um, I, there are a lot of, I mean, it's lucky that you're fortunate. Um, but I mean, this is, this will bankrupt a lot of fathers because now you got child support, and then daycares are insanely yep. expensive. And even the daycare system right now, uh, because COVID apparently ended on June 29th, they enacted a copay for uh, the child care assistance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know how you have a copay on an assistance program. Usually, I think that's just for, you know, taxes or something. Well, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're calling it copay. You're being taxed again. But, I mean, how is a, how is a father, like... You know, if you're, you're a single father and you're working a job, now you got to pay child support. You got to try to figure out how to pay fifteen hundred dollars a month for uh, daycare, and then you, again, you have you know your mortgage, your food, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Nobody make. I mean, unless you're a millionaire, nobody makes that kind of money. And then you get these people that go on assistance, and then they can't afford it anyway. So then they try to take a, a second job on. Well, but now because you have a second job, you have more income. So then they take away more of your assistance. It, yep. it, it's and, it's just it's just asinine. And the problem is with having to get a second a second job. What does that take time away? It takes time away from your kids too. Yeah. Cause then because you know you may be able to get time off on one job while they're here, they're visiting you. Then you can't get it at the second job. So you're still working while they're here. And the the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The child. When you pay into, uh, why am I drawing a blank on the name? Um, yeah, the child support. Thank you. you. You know, the child support system, it's like they just think that all fathers are just pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew a guy that he was about to lose his license and everything because he wasn't paying his child support. But he, it wasn't that he wasn't paying his child support. It's that his, he got a new job and that new job was supposed to be automatically taking that out of his right. paycheck. And they weren't. And he didn't know that. And then you call the child, you know, support people are like, oh, you deadbeat father, uh, you know, we're gonna, it's like, no, like yeah. he was the, the, um, the plaintiff mm-hmm. making sure yep. that he was doing the responsible thing, but the child care people are just like, oh, he, he wasn't paying. He's just another deadbeat dad. You yeah. Know? And, and, you know, they actually tried to hit me with that early on too too with back child support specifically after the interim judgment that's kind of what established the whole child support thing which they charge interest on by the way too 
Yeah, and luckily, and I didn't receive. So the uh, if I remember right, it was July eighth of twenty two where that that interim uh, hearing was, and then it goes. Uh, I didn't get the judgment until August, and they wanted me to pay for July. Uh, luckily, like I said, I got some really good attorneys in my corner on that, and they they got that to go away. But you know, it. it I mean, it, uh, anybody else? I have no doubt they would have been stuck with it, and then they would have had to figure it out. Well, we're going to do our last profit margin break here for Oh for Heaven's Cakes. And there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. That's where Oh for Heaven's Cakes comes in. The best cupcakes and cakes for special occasions or just a treat, ladies and gentlemen. They make incredible specialty items by order, or you can just walk in to find out what's behind the counter. While there, if you're a business owner and you want to treat your employees, check out their monthly employee discounts. Oh, for Heaven's Cakes on the north backside of the Grand City Mall. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4 and Saturdays 9 to noon. Call 701-757-CAKE. That's 701-757-2253. Or go to o for heavens cakes at yahoo.com. And you can be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. o for heavens cakes at the Grand Cities Mall. And if you're artistic and like decorating cakes, they are looking to hire, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, you know, every time I take a look at this and analyze it, uh, I'm, I'm left again feeling frustrated because the state is quite clearly ruining lives. Correct. They, are, they are bankrupting people who do not need to be bankrupt. They're emotionally bankrupting children. And their, their, their destructive tendencies are being applauded because they're so pro-woman. But yet, the way they set up most of these women, they're, they're gearing them to just be, again, under the state control and the state fund and everything. This is nothing more than socialism gone bananas. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think that's an accurate statement because, because child support, like I told you, I, I don't think there isn't a father out there that w- would not have a problem supporting his kids, whether that be financially, emotionally, physically, whatever it may be, all right? Uh, the problem with, with the child support is that one they take so much okay uh which makes it very difficult for you to be a good father when the kids are in your in correct your time because i mean you know like yes like i said I'm, I'm fortunate to where i can still do some things with my kids but i can't do as much as i would like to in that very short amount of time you know so uh so it might be like when they're here for a visit i might only get to do one big thing with them instead of one big thing a week uh, so, and knowing and not knowing where the money goes to be able to challenge that, uh, th- that's the other problem. And we, we discussed that earlier, but uh, you know, with like, like trying to, trying to stay off the child support thing, thing, it's, it's a problem because it doesn't allow for, for equal parenting. It only thing, it, it doesn't even allow for good co-parenting at that point. All it creates is animosity towards the parents. Yep. So, so it, it, we, I know you've talked about this on your past shows about how, how big government wants to drive wedges between people to divide classes. Well, well I mean, it, it, in, in a way, this is actually dividing men and women at this point. Well, the key to socialism is the destruction of the yep. family. The key to socialism is removing the children from the family, uh, and which, which amounts in the fact that you've got them in, 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 in a variety of situations where they're being back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. We already know this is stressful on the kids, but... Um, if you take a look, there's a, there's a movie on YouTube. It's called The Fatherless Epidemic, and it's about 50 minutes long. It's definitely worth your watch because it, it lets you know the impact on the children. 
uh, to what is going on by not having a father in the house. And that, quite frankly, is one of the first things that the socialist and communism does is try to get rid of the family structure because uh, that's the way to go. Kit, I, I will have a link to that YouTube video for that documentary in the show notes for where awesome. anyone, find, anyone who finds this video or podcast. Awesome, because it's, again, the fatherless epidemic. Look for the link, because it is truly a tragedy, not just what is happening to the, to the men, but also, remember, to their children. And I, I have been faced with so many people, especially women who have gone to me and said, well, men don't care. And I've looked them square in the eye, and I've gone, the hell they don't. Who doesn't care is you, because you've got a vendetta going on, and you don't care if you're using your children as weapons. Correct. In, in, that Father's Rights Movement, there's yep. a reason that they have yep. 700,000 followers. Yeah, it, and it's not because fathers don't care. And the sad, sad part is, is it, it is. Yes, the strong majority of, of what happens here is men. There are women, too. Oh, like yes. I can specifically speak on my aunt's case where the exact same where she went through the exact same thing I did. And it's not just it's not. But it is the strong majority in the men's rights movement and all these movements. And really, really, we need to get get people out there doing grassroots campaigns to push these shared parenting laws. And what's and this one may get me kicked off this show. But what's really crazy is the blue states are actually getting it right. Like, because if you start looking towards a lot of these states, got your fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like a lot of the blue states are the ones that are passing it, though. Like in my home state of New York, they haven't quite passed it yet, but at least they're starting to rule in that direction. And, and like I said, I am not, you know, a blue state guy by any means, but when they're right, they're right. You know, and the shared parenting laws are the right way to go. And that's what we need to do is we need to get more states on board. And I, I mean, I'd even be borderline saying we need to get some federal laws passed on board for this for this but i'm not sure how we we go about convincing a legislator to take money out of their own pocket well the only reason that i even bring up father rights so much is because you guys are so often in the one down position again one out of every six custodial parents are fathers and so that's the reason i i, I go so hard but i'm i'm an equalist i think that it should be just blatantly 50 50 because yep. to, no offense because two adults screw something up does not mean that the kids have got to suffer. And that's the, I mean, I, teaching for 20 years, let me tell you what, throughout all of this, yes, the woman is suffering, yes, the man is suffering, but the silent sufferers are those children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I specifically, like I said, with my kids, I know they're, I know they're hurting right now. Yep. And, and, and I'm going to do everything I can. That's, what, that's, that's the biggest drive for this fight. Uh, and it's not only that, it's for the, the Second Amendment, it's for, for and really, I, I mentioned this before, but it's for the next guy. My case is done. I'm the one, I've already gotten screwed, I've already taken what I'm going to take, and I'm, but, but we need to stop it for the next guy, because that's, that's who is going to really win out of this, and make sure that this, this case, or any case like this, or even other cases that I know about where judges have specifically ruled ruled to split kids up in the family. That's crazy. Like, yeah, that that happened here in Grand Forks, and and they, you know, all those things. That is why why we need to get get an actual unite united front on this. With, with you know, like, sure, everybody's going to have their little disagreements, but if we can get everybody to unite behind this cause, this cause, we are going to start start coming back and start making things a lot better for these kids. Well, the big thing is that, again, like I said, you know, two, two parents who are supposed to be adults screw shit up. Yep. That happens. I agree. It does. But somewhere in this quagmire of adult rights, we're losing, we're losing focus on the kids. And if there's a 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes, I'm sorry, but Houston, we have a problem. Yep. And there's a lot of people out there who are, who are 
screaming about are youth suicides. And they're ignoring that statistic right there explicitly. They're saying it's because they're gender confused and they're bullied and all this other crap. But if I can look right at you and look you in the face and go, 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes, you have to consider that. Nope. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean that, that's a majority and we're supposed to be yes. thinking, do things on a majority. That's got to count for something. No, I mean, if you can't wrap your brain around this, ladies and gentlemen, and if you are still thinking that this is a female and male issue, let's just start looking at it as a youth issue because, damn it, we're dropping the ball and the, the states are making money, the federal government's making money. There's a lot of people making money in this entire situation. We have people who are good, honest taxpayers who are having their rights trampled on, and we are losing our children. And everybody seems to be sitting back going, well, this is perfectly fine. There's no problem happening here. We got it under control. The hell you do. You know, and, you know, before we close this out, uh, Kit, I would also like to pull up that other video. Um, and this doesn't have to do with uh, the father's rights. This just has to do with the, the child care crisis system in general, as far as like trying to be able to afford, you know, daycare or, you know, because if you can't go to work, then you know, it, it, this, then you're just dependent on the government. Gee, imagine and, that. Yeah, go figure. So I don't know if you want to. Yeah, let's play do that. that. Go okay. ahead. Right. Yep. Here we go. There we go. We have a childcare crisis. We can skip around r- words and pretend that curriculum's the problem or something else. We have a childcare crisis, and we actually had a childcare crisis. Before COVID, but it was a silent crisis because parents did not talk about it because they were worried when they went to get a job that if they said, I don't know what I'm going to do with my kids, they wouldn't get that job. But the pandemic actually opened up this conversation and allowed us to see the reality in this country where we aren't taking childcare as a serious crisis. And we did make considerable investments at that time uh, with the American Rescue Plan and really helped some of that stabilize. It hasn't gone away and it's gotten worse. And I will tell you, everywhere I go in my state, people talk about the fact that they do want to go get that job, but they cannot because they're 200th on a waiting list. Or they say to me, yeah, there's a slot open, but I can't afford it. It's half my salary. Or I will have to work part-time, which why am I working part-time? This childcare system doesn't make any sense. And to boil it down to a discussion about curriculum or masks is ludicrous. We have a childcare crisis and we need to deal with it as a country. We have a child care crisis. Okay, what, we can... we, what we're looking at here is, is, is something that dovetails in because we have a lot of, of problems with child care because we have so many families who are split up who are miles away where, where they're, they're fighting as parents. They can't get along. They can't work on their scheduling. And, and so what do you need to do? You need to put the kid in child care. Well, the reason you need to put the kid in child care is because of a lot of the breakup of the family and the fact that, that you're not allowed as a parent to talk to the other parents civilly and right. work these, quite frankly, work this crap out. Yeah, and that, and that makes, it, makes the issue even, even harder because, because you can't communicate when there's a problem. Okay, you got to... And one of, one of the problems, I mean, yes, there's some communication there, and the courts like to order this, this oh, app called Our Family Wizard, where you pay $144. Again, pay. Oh, yeah, again, pay. Right. So obviously, they're, they're, in my mind, there's some kickback coming you there. You bet. But, but, you know, your, your problem comes in to where 
when you can't communicate as parents, you can't co-parent. It's, it's that simple. No. Like, you can't at all. And because now you have a civil thing with, with a protection order, order, that draws a bigger issue because now, again, it goes back for almost the same reasons, reasons of, of uh, uh, the, the child support where there's animosity there. Again, continuing to drive that wedge. wedge. And then you don't have communication to try to fix the issues. The only way to do that is go back to court. And then somebody's going to get screwed because of that. Well, who's going to get screwed? It's going to be the one who can't afford the attorney because in a civil case, you don't have a right to an attorney. You have to pay for an attorney. And ultimately, again, the real ones being screwed are the little ones in the background. Time and time and time again. We need to get our poop in a group, people. We really do because we we are... we are doing a huge disservice to uh, our kids. We are doing a huge disservice to the parents. And in my opinion, it's because we have too damn many hands in everybody's pockets trying to make hay off of splitting up families and making sure that nobody's talking to anybody else. And again, the kids are left in the lurch. Yeah. And I mean, these, these kids get hurt over money. Yep. You know, because you have, you know, one parent paying child support. And then you go out and you buy a set of clothes or something, and then they they're telling the kid, you know, take those off. Those are ours. You go you go back into into the clothes that you know they paid for or so, or something along those lines. And it, it the, only, the only person that that affects is the kid. I mean, yeah, clothes are expensive, but still, I mean, you should the, <laughs> they shouldn't be caught in the middle of that. And I mean, that goes for all kinds of things. I mean, toys, whatever. You know, it's just it's just dumb. Well, and, and the thing is, is that because the child is living with one parent more than 50 percent of the time, they're actually feeling guilty because they want to be with the other one. Right. And so now we've got a kid that feels guilty because they love their other parent. God, what have we done? <laughs> I mean, serious to God, what have we done? We are destroying our families from the inside out. Gentlemen, we are out of time today, but this is a subject I really think I would like to revisit very, very soon. So I would like to tell you all thank you very much. And everybody, we have had a wonderful discussion this Monday. If you are as enthused as I am that we need to frickin' fix this, start talking to your legislators, start talking to your judicial system, and... Come back and listen to us next week because we're going to be covering more screw-ups by the government. Everybody, common sense uncensored. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.